Welcome to the Not Just a Mom Show, where we have open and honest conversations about the vulnerabilities and the victories within entrepreneurship and new motherhood. If we haven't met yet, I'm Nicole Pazvir and I'm going to be your host. Here on the show, we don't subscribe to perfection. In fact, being present is the new perfect and showing up messy is the new norm. We are worthy just as we are, as all that we are, not just the label we put on ourselves. We are more than just a mom and I'm so glad you're here. Okay, so this week's podcast episode is actually inspired by my friend Lauren's recent podcast episode. Uh, Her podcast is called The Well-Nourished Mother, and a couple weeks ago, she had an episode with Amanda from Free as a Mother on Instagram, and they talked all about conscious and intentional scrolling on social media and just being really mindful of what you're consuming and how it might make you feel. And one thing that they discussed that really stood out to me and kind of got my thinker thinking a bit is just how what we consume on social media actually changes the perception of our own reality. And it can kind of cloud our thinking, Um, especially if we are kind of absorbing things that um, maybe are unreachable and they start making us feel a certain way. They start making us feel unworthy and... Um, just like we're failing and like we're inadequate. Maybe it has to do with that perfectly clean and organized house or um, the appearance of like perfect parenting or whatever it is. And I mean, we we logically know that social media is a highlight reel. And obviously what's on social media is curated and filtered even even from those of us who try to be as unfiltered as possible it's still filtered um we are choosing what we post online and with that means that you're only seeing a snippet of whatever's actually happening and i think it can be hard to forget that sometimes it can be really easy to um just start like almost obsessively following someone and magnifying what you see online and like visualizing that is their entire life. Um, I know I've kind of done this and it can be, it can be a little bit risky because you start almost putting someone up on a pedestal where they (laughs) probably don't deserve to be. Um, I mean, we're all equal, so obviously there shouldn't be any pedestals at all, but it can be really easy to do that when you're only seeing like 30 seconds of someone's day. Um, so anyways, yeah, I was just really inspired by that episode and I've been thinking about it a lot, a lot. And I've been thinking about just like how I show up on social media and how scrolling or even, um, producing content has been making me feel lately. And maybe before I get into kind of my own experience lately, I just want to make it clear that there's absolutely some major positives with social media and I am a huge I'm honestly like a huge fan of Instagram obviously I'm growing a business on Instagram I've basically handpicked my own virtual community and some of my best friends were actually made like best friends in real life were actually made from connections online first so I have absolutely no qualms about social media I think it's amazing um I will also say that like when I'm talking about social media I'm 
I'm really referring to Instagram. I don't use anything else. I have barely used TikTok and TikTok is just like a whole other world. Um, and I don't even know if Twitter still exists. I haven't even started using threads. So like when I'm talking about social media, I'm referring to Instagram. And yeah, for me, there's a lot of positives that come out of it. So I think one of the big positives is just having access to new ideas that you might not normally be exposed to. And I think understanding this is really easy when you compare to how things would have been like several years ago, like let's say 10, 15 years ago, pre pre-social media and um, Fierce Lizzie and I were actually talking about this in in our episode that's going to be dropping in a couple weeks but we were talking about how 10 plus years ago there were no natural birth corners of the internet there wasn't this like super easy access to natural birth and home birth and understanding physiological birth or homeschooling or raw milk or astrology or spirituality or human design, whatever it is that you are getting information from, from social media, like that wasn't that accessible 10, 15, however many years ago. And it, it really made people that were into, let's say, let's say home birth. Home birth is a really good example. So like if you were into home birth or even planning a home birth or wanting to be curious about a home birth, it would have been really hard to normalize home birth in like your inner circle because you were relying on geographic and physical like proximity to people in order to learn their stories. I mean, within reason, obviously there's books, obviously there was, I don't even know what else I feel. (laughs) I feel like I'm almost like showing my age, the fact that I don't remember how we got information 15 years ago because 15 years ago, I honestly wasn't of the age that I was seeking information, but I can imagine it was completely different and you were more reliant on just your physical and geographical like circle. Um, You were relying on the people around you that had stories to share and wisdom to offer. And that truly is really limiting, Um, like very, very limiting. And now that we have access to social media, it means that our inner circle doesn't have to be so small anymore and it's also not um just like stuck to geographic location so um yeah uh so yeah (laughs) social media is good uh it allows you to create like a virtual village like I've experienced and really cultivate that genuine connection with like like like-hearted people because again I think if you are if you are limited to just your physical location and like people meeting people in real life, it can be really, really hard to find people that you truly connect with and feel like you can be your authentic self around. And it can be really easy to just kind of maintain those relationships on autopilot instead of actually seeking out people that really understand you. And for me, my postpartum, I don't think would have been the same if I didn't have access to some of the relationships and connections I've built online. Um, the other really big positive, at least for me, with social media is the benefits that it has for my business. Um, it's literally allowing a stay-at-home mom to create a business and create offers and do marketing without having to leave her babies. And I think we are basically the first generation that's had this opportunity. I think about this often. Um, it's really cool, but it's also really hard because we don't necessarily know what we're doing. And so many of us 
often feel like we're drowning and we don't know how to find balance. And um, this kind of leads into some of what I've been experiencing lately and why I wanted to make this episode. So, um, hmm, where do I even start? I think for me, like social media, content creation, um, creating relationships online, for the most part, has always been really fun. It's always been really fun until it wasn't fun anymore. And I've noticed that the moments that it doesn't feel fun is because I'm putting way too much pressure on myself. And I'm starting to listen to some of those shoulds, especially in like the business and marketing world around frequency and how often you should be showing up. And then also when my perfectionist self is coming out to play and just putting a ton of pressure on myself to show up a certain way. And yeah, when I start falling into both of those traps, that's that's when it's not fun, but that's also like an alarm signal for me that I'm not showing up authentically and like in alignment with my values anymore. So that has sort of been happening lately. And what I tend to do is just sort of like shut down. I just start getting really quiet on social media. I just kind of retreat away and um, stay off of it a little bit more, trying to find my center and trying to nourish and support myself in other ways. And I think that's a decent strategy, but also it's not sustainable if I am continuing to create a business online. So I want to share with you, I have five steps to make social media fun again. And this this is applicable if you are a mom. This is applicable if you are an entrepreneur, business owner, online creator, coach, healer, whatever you are. If you are using social media, this is going to be applicable for you. So the first thing is conscious consumption and mindful scrolling. So, so often we can start engaging in mindless scrolling where we are literally just scrolling and not even being intentional or um, having much awareness to what we're consuming. And this can get dangerous for some of the reasons that um, Laura and Amanda talk about in their episode on the Well-Nourished Mother podcast, but it can, it can be really draining. And we can be sitting there scrolling without even realizing how draining and depleting it can be. It can also be really triggering, um, not in the sense of like big T kind of triggers, but in the sense of just putting yourself back on that comparison hamster wheel and just magnifying the feelings of inadequacy and um, like lack of confidence that so many of us are already struggling with. It can also be um, like physically draining in the sense of you are literally like stimulating yourself by looking at your screen when maybe you should be sleeping or maybe you should be taking a warm bubble bath or getting out in nature. It can be, yeah, just not the most nourishing and supportive thing for our wellness. So the first step to making social media fun again is to just be really mindful about your consumption and there's a couple ways you can do this. I think one of one of the biggest things is to really just start paying attention when you find yourself mindlessly scrolling and asking yourself like what do I actually need right now? 
what would be nourishing right now? And if the answer is like, I really do just need to veg out, I really do just need to catch up on what all these people online are doing, then sure, keep scrolling. But if the answer is get out in nature, go eat, go drink, go connect with someone, then go do that. And if your answer is about seeking connection and you've found yourself doing that online, ask yourself if there's maybe a more potent way of doing that. And maybe that's texting a friend or sending some voice notes to a friend or connecting with your partner, going for a walk with someone, calling a friend. All those sort of cliche answers can be very much more supporting, very much more. That's awesome grammar, Nicole. Good job. You know what I mean? (laughs) can be more supportive than scrolling online. So that's step number one is just bringing some conscious awareness to what you're doing with your time online. Step number two is to start teaching Instagram or whatever social media um, app you're using what you want to see. We all know that all of these social media platforms have their own algorithm and it's literally impossible to try to keep up with that and learn it and understand what it does and why it does it. That really doesn't matter. Um, The point of step number two is to, by being conscious about your consumption and being more mindful with your scrolling, you are actually going to be teaching that social media platform, the algorithm, what you want to see. So this can look like muting and unfollowing accounts that make you feel sticky or make you feel whatever kind of way, some negative, not super supportive emotion. This could also look like getting really picky with the stories, like the like looking at Instagram stories. <laughs> so what I mean by that is like, um, this is something that I've actually been trying to practice is when I notice myself just flipping through stories, it it takes you to the next person automatically. And so I've been a little bit more intentional about like, mm, what's the word? Not scrolling, tapping, tapping out of that and then actually being picky about who I go click on next. Um, so again, this is showing Instagram whose stories I actually want to see. And it, it helps me to not get stuck in that trap of just mindlessly looking through stories. Same with um, like feed scrolling or like looking through reels or um, TikToks. Again, being just intentional about who you go, who, whose content you're trying to consume. So Um, Yeah, I'd say one of the easiest ways would be to mute and unfollow accounts that you don't actually want to see. But another way to do this would actually be instead of doing the scroll, actively like searching for the person you want to go see and only looking at those accounts. Um, The third step is setting some pretty strict boundaries for yourself. Obviously, I'm not going to list what those boundaries should be. That's completely personal to you. Um, for me, this is something I've had to be really, really careful with, especially since I am growing a business online. It can be really, really hard to not spend time online and honor some of my personal boundaries when I'm in the middle of a launch or I'm in the middle of whatever it is. And it feels like it is impacting my business in some way. So I've had to be really mindful about what that looks like. And so one way to do this um, from an entrepreneurial perspective is setting like business hours for yourself. So not just being online whenever you want because it's so accessible on your phone, but literally only going on social media during those set hours. 
Another thing as a business owner is to not watch your posts like a hawk. This is something, again, like during a launch or during some sort of, even when I post like a new podcast episode, for example, and I'm I'm <laughs> eager to see who goes and listens and who goes and like likes or shares the post, it can be really important um, to set boundaries around that and not watch that post like a hawk. Um, this also is important from like an energetic perspective and being very careful and mindful to not be showing up in like a scarcity mindset and having those feelings of urgency and those feelings of like needing, craving external validation. It's a slippery slope and social media really, I think from my experience and in my opinions, um, is kind of a big um, player in all of that. So it's it's just another reason why we need to be really careful how we are consuming and using social media in our business. Um, another thing around business, or sorry, another thing around boundaries, and this isn't necessarily business related, but just setting boundaries around who you allow to follow you and who you allow to comment on your posts. Um, I think this is important for everyone, just having the mindset that your social media account, Instagram account, whatever it is, is like your your safe space, your home. And you're obviously not just going to let anyone into your home. So if you aren't growing a business, maybe that means having your Instagram account set to private. Maybe it means just being really aware of who follows you and looking at their account and maybe blocking them if they don't seem like um, the right fit for your community. That's something I do. I... Um, really pay attention to any of those notifications about a new follower and I look at the account and if there's anything sketchy I block them if they don't seem like an ideal client I definitely am not going to follow them back but I'm also likely to block them as well because I take just a lot of care and um, hold a lot of reverence for the space that I've curated online and I don't just want anyone to be following me there so um that goes with comments too if there's ever like an unwanted or rude or um confronting comment you have like full rights to delete it and like block that person it doesn't need to become this big fight like this isn't high school anymore what else around boundaries oh um this is a big one so literally setting boundaries around like the time that you are spending on the app I sort of mentioned this with like business hours, but if you're not an entrepreneur, this one is important too. Um, I think Instagram itself has like an app timer you can set within the app. So it literally will boot you off um, when you reach that time limit um, for like the 24 hour period. There's also an app block app. Um, I think it's literally just called app block. And so I have that and I have it set to literally block off my access to um, Instagram and Facebook. I I am known to mindlessly scroll Facebook Marketplace. That is, um, yeah, a guilty pleasure of mine, and it's not really great for my wallet. So I block Facebook so that I can't access Facebook Marketplace, um, and I block Instagram so that I can't just go mindlessly scroll or spend precious time on Instagram when I should be doing something else. And that's as easy as just like turning it on and off, but it it's enough for me at least that it would involve like extra steps 
to allow myself to go back into the app. So those extra steps are enough for me to just have the space to consciously make that very intentional decision. And I find that really, really helpful. Um, I also use that like overnight so that if I do wake up in the night and um, I mean, I'm usually pretty good about not reaching for my phone in the night, but let's say there's a night where Aubrey's up frequently and we are like wide awake. Um, it would be really easy for me to reach to reach for my phone. And so while I have that app block app turned on, um, I can't just go scroll. And so I'm forced to do something maybe a little bit more. I don't want to say productive because that's not the goal at the middle of the night, but it, it, it means that I'm likely not going to actually stay on my phone or it means I'm going to like go to a podcast or something, something that's just less, less stimulating, hopefully. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy that app block app. Um, moving on to step number four. <laughs> step number four is to show up messy in like your own content. So the first three steps were more around consumption and how you consume social media. The next two steps are more so around how you um, create content and what you post online. So yeah, step number four is showing up messy in your own content and really just taking the pressure off of yourself, letting it be fun again, letting it be simple, letting it be easy. Um, no longer feeling like your post, your feed has to be perfectly curated. No longer feeling like, um, if you're, if you're spitting off some words, it doesn't need to be this like perfectly made Canva graphic, um, petition to go back to photos and like heartfelt captions like things used to be I mean I think we all kind of miss those days where Instagram was literally just a feed of photos so I would like to get back into that again um but yeah like step number four I think it sounds so simple but it can be really challenging because so many of us are unlearning good girl conditioning we're unlearning some really like deeply wired people-pleasing tendencies, some perfectionist tendencies, some overachieving tendencies. Um, So step number four, showing up messy can be really, really hard. And this brings me to step number five, which is all around nervous system safety. So why does our nervous system matter with social media consumption and social media creation? Um, because of the things I just talked about, because of good girl conditioning, because of perfectionism, because of overachieving tendencies and whatever else that looks like in your world. Um, we, for many of us have been primed to always be doing our best. This is deep, 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 deep conditioning around being a good girl and showing up as like perfect, pretty and pleasing. And this translates to the way we show up online in the sense of not wanting to show a messy house in like the background of our story or not wanting, I, I can't even think right now, but like the list is endless and I'm sure you can think of your own as you're listening to this. So um, yeah, step step number five is around creating safety in our nervous system so that we aren't chained down to perfectionism in the context of showing up online. So for many of us, we don't feel safe putting our stuff out there if it isn't our best, meaning that B minus C or D work feels like we're failing and failing rings major alarm bells in our nervous system. Our nervous system 
doesn't like failing. Our nervous system doesn't like unfamiliar. Our nervous system just does not like being out of our comfort zone. Um, neither does our ego. So this gets kind of complex when we start looking at things from like a mind and body lens. Um, but I'm a big believer in our thoughts and our beliefs following our nervous system state. So I think mindset work, affirmations, whatever you want to do to help change your mind, your logic, your ego, um, is all fine and dandy. But if you aren't actually getting down to the somatic level and healing things within your body and your nervous system, those things really aren't going to work. So that's why I kind of skipped the mindset stuff and went straight to nervous system safety and nervous system healing. So yeah, back to failing. <laughs> failing really does feel unsafe to our nervous system. And so how do we fix this? We need to start deconditioning and deactivating that perfectionist part of ourselves. And we need to start thinking that, perf- like understanding that perfectionism is often a core wound around self-worth. This stuff really starts getting deep when we start uncovering that the barriers we're facing in showing up online and being authentic and being vulnerable are actually around self-worth and self-doubt and um, lacking self-trust and lacking confidence in ourselves. So we need to start replacing self-doubt and perfectionism with a deeper a deeper self-trust and confidence. And one way to do this is to teach our nervous system that it's safe to be serene and it's safe to be heard. We need to start talking back to our brain when it says that's not good enough or when it says that's too vulnerable that that's too vulnerable or that's not valuable or nobody wants to hear me talk about that or I'm too much, I'm not enough. All of those thoughts are our our brain and our ego and our nervous system basically working together to keep us safe. So it's also not about shaming that because there's a purpose to those thoughts. Um, for all of these years, those thoughts have kept us safe. Those thoughts have kept us out of trouble. Those thoughts have kept us in relationship with some of our favorite people because we haven't been confronting or rocking the boat. Um, and I mean, all of those things are still super important, but we are also dismissing other parts of ourselves by continuing to shush out parts that want to be seen and parts that so deeply want to be heard. So I do believe that finding safety and being vulnerable and finding safety and showing up authentically is much more important and much more liberating than continuing to be small and continuing to be pretty perfect and pleasing. So I want to introduce you to a challenge. Um, and this is this is really the how behind implementing nervous system safety in social media content and it is the garbage post challenge if you have never heard of the garbage post challenge it's created by simone soul she can be found on instagram at simone.grace.soul s-e-o-l um simone is honestly one of my favorite marketing coaches that i follow online she is such a breath of fresh air so if you're not following her already definitely do she has a podcast called I Am Your Korean Mom. Um, I'm going to link the two episodes. Uh, I think it's episode 160 and 
episode 231 that she talks in detail about the garbage post challenge. So if you are curious about it, I invite you to listen to those, but I'm also going to share kind of my take on it and um, yeah, why I think it's a really cool idea. So um, (laughs) the garbage post challenge is basically creating 100 pieces of content in 30 days. And you're probably thinking, holy shit, why would I make myself do that? Especially Nicole, like, why are you saying that you are like the queen of saying, don't shit on yourself, don't just do something because you should, it's not about quantity, it should be about quality. And I know, like, I know those are some things that I preach and I do believe in all that, but I'm going to get into why the garbage post challenge is really important and really valuable and why why the quality, sorry, the quantity of 100 posts in 30 days is so important. Um, and these, these pieces of content, these 100 pieces of content can be email, they can be feed posts, they can be podcast, blog posts. They, I mean, really, it just needs to be words that are shared publicly. Anything that has the English language or whatever language you speak, um, and shared publicly counts. So with that being said, I think stories could technically count. I personally am not going to allow stories to count when I do this challenge just because I feel like that makes it a little bit too easy. I find myself having an easier time showing up vulnerably and authentically in my stories, I think just because they aren't permanent um, versus showing up that way in my feed and in my emails and even here on the podcast. So I'm excited to do this challenge. I've thought about doing this challenge for many, many months. I've kind of dabbled in it for like a couple days or weeks at a time, but I've never formally made myself do it in the sense of actually tracking the posts and um, just being really diligent about it. So I'm going to do it. Part of creating this podcast is me proclaiming to the world that I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to start today, the day that this podcast is going live. Um, So today is going to be the first day of me doing the garbage post challenge. And this is basically my big fat invitation to do it with me. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm going to keep rambling a little bit about why the garbage post challenge is so valuable and why I think it's like the most brilliant thing ever to be created. And I can't thank Simone enough for sharing this publicly because it used to be something that she only um, she only shared in her in her paid um, offerings. So <clears throat> the beauty of the garbage post challenge is that it's teaching our nervous system safety and the difference between threat and visibility. So many of us, visibility feels like a threat. Being seen, being heard, especially online especially in people that like we care about and we want them to like, know, and trust us, um, visibility feels like a massive threat. And our nervous system can't tell the difference between an actual threat, like a bear attacking us versus a perceived threat. Um, and in this case, the perceived threat is being vulnerable and potentially being um, called out or um, canceled, unfollowed, or standing out in some way or rocking the boat. Um, that is a very, <clears throat> excuse me, valid um, fear and perceived threat. So we need to start teaching our nervous system the difference of what an actual threat would look like and that visibility isn't actually a threat. And in fact, it's actually a massive opportunity for connection and potentially um, massive growth and sales and whatever 
metrics you measure in success of your business. So um, the garbage post challenge works because each time you post, you're literally showing your nervous system that you didn't die. And like I said, it's creating massive space for connection and relationship building. And um, really, it, it it's an opportunity to be more intimate with the people that we are wanting to trust us. Like if we if we are wanting to work with people, so in the case of of creating a business, and I should say this, like the Garbage Post Challenge is very valuable for anyone. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to um, partake in this challenge. I think it's a great idea for anyone because it's allowing your nervous system to learn that being seen and being heard, like visibility, I've already talked about that, is safe. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. I'm really excited to do it. I feel like by proclaiming it here in this space that I'm doing it, I actually probably will do it because now the accountability isn't just to myself. It's also to you guys, although that shouldn't matter, but I'd be lying if I said it didn't. Um, bottom line is the garbage post challenge is an incredible way to find your own voice. How you find your own voice is by using your voice. And I know that sounds so simple, but the thing is, is we aren't using our own voice if we continue to dilute and filter what we say and what we share online. Um, so, so finding our, our, our unique voice and really being magnetic and being able to share our message and our story from that just really magnetic energy. Like, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There's people that they just breathe and speak and you're like, I want more of you. Um, to be able to do that, you need to be you need to be your truest, most potent self. And being your truest and most potent self means being able to not only find your voice, but use your voice. Um, and so th- this, I've, I've used this analogy in like other, other things, but I really do love it. It's like riding a bike. You can't learn to ride a bike by reading about riding a bike. You can't learn to ride a bike by hearing other people share about their experience riding a bike. You can't learn to ride a bike by thinking about riding a bike. The only way to ride a bike is to get on the damn bike and start riding it. And that is the same with finding our voice. The only way to find your voice is to start using your voice. So the garbage post challenge is so brilliant because it's forcing you to get outside of your comfort zone and start using your voice. Um, The point of the challenge really is to start shining light on all the times your brain has been trying to keep you small. So if you're going to do it, you're likely going to come up with a lot of mind chatter telling you why this is a stupid idea or overcomplicating it or asking, oh, does this post count? Does this, does this count towards my hundred posts? And the answer is like, yes, like literally it can be so simple. It can literally be like, I had waffles for breakfast today. It could literally just be like, literally like anything counts. Like I said, if it is English words and it is shared publicly, then it counts. So who is this for? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that you should probably do the garbage post challenge with me if you have a fear of showing up online, if you are worried people don't want to hear what you have to say, if you are scared people are going to think differently of you or maybe unfollow you, um, if you say quote unquote the wrong thing. Um, this is for you if you feel overwhelmed with strategy and marketing with your business. Um, This is for you if you want to be magnetic and attract a loyal community and dream clients. This is for you if you feel like you can't take up space online unless you have all of your ducks in a row. 
Do you have ever thoughts like, I can't post this until it looks, sounds, or comes across a certain way? Then this is probably for you. Like I already said, like this is also for you if you aren't an entrepreneur and you aren't growing a business online. The value from the Garbage Post Challenge is to teach your brain that you're worthy of taking up space. You are worthy of taking space online, period. This is an opportunity to deepen your self-love, your self-trust, your self-confidence, your self-worth. It's the key to unlocking your creative portal and becoming more unapologetic with your self-expression. So this is truly for anyone. It's just a bonus that it's also a kick-ass marketing strategy. I've said this before. I think I actually say it in the intro of the podcast, that being present is the new perfect. Being present means that you're in your body and out of your head. So if you can be present instead of striving for perfection and being stifled by your thoughts that are keeping you small and worried about what other people are going to think, um, magic is going to happen. And and magic is going to happen if you actually do this garbage post challenge with me. Um, something that Simone says um, that I wanted to quote here is that garbaging something means you love and trust yourself unconditionally. It means you're committed to what you're going for unconditionally and you're free from your fears to take courageous action even when the outcome feels uncertain. You're going to do it even when you're not pumped full of confidence. And I love this because I think I think the lack of confidence or the the our logic telling us that we lack confidence and our logic telling us that this isn't going to guarantee us anything. Um, so the uncertainty and the unfamiliarity is really what can keep us from showing up a certain way online. So again, like I, I can't speak to how brilliant this challenge is because it really does push perfectionism aside um, and forces you to be present, forces you to um, be vulnerable, forces you to actually connect with what matters um, and forces you to love and trust yourself and know that like a bear isn't going to eat you just because you posted something silly online. I do also want to say that the reasons you don't want to do this challenge are likely the exact reasons why you need to do it. Let's go do the garbage post challenge together. I am starting today, but if you would like to do it, I have actually created a little, I guess, like template checklist thing that I'm going to be using to keep track of my posts. Um, so if you would like that, I've, um, I will put a link in the show notes for you to join me. Um, and if you are going to do this, I would love to hear from you. I would love to cheer you on and help hold you accountable and just like offer that nervous system safety that we all deeply deserve. Um, and I just want to finish with saying that um, we are worthy of taking space up online. Your message doesn't need to be perfect for you to be loved, recognized, and valuable. Your captions don't need to be perfect for you to be loved, recognized, and valued. Your emails, your podcast, your posts, your reels, your blogs, your fill-in-the-blank does not need to be perfect in order for you to be loved, recognized, and valued. You are worthy of taking up space online. Hey, before you go, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you were thinking of anyone while listening, please send it their way. And if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. This really helps the podcast algorithms um, put my show in front of more people just like you. 
And the last thing, I would love nothing more than hearing from you. So say hi, DM me on Instagram, and give me a follow at Nicole Pazvier. Until next time. Bye.